It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. We're going to slide down them big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go again. We are back in the booth at the Bomb Hall, which is presented by Liquid Death and Pub Beer. Now, today we have our world's first professional mountain biker in the booth, one of the most prolific free riders to ever do it. You've seen him on the podium at Red Bull Rampage, and in the words of Ryan Runke, he is hell on anything with wheels, and he's also a cultured redneck. <laughs> Again, from Ryan Runke. Now, first of all, Stony Buds, how are we doing? So good, my dog. Now, second of all, Carson, how are we doing? Doing great. Stoked to be on here. Well, we're stoked to have you. Uh, you flew in from Bend last night just to do the show, right? Yep. Yeah, what's going on in Bend right now? Uh, it's just warm, summer activities going on, and uh, yeah, I'm kind of injured right now, so I'm kind of just chilling at home, doing lots of emails, trying to heal, so a little bored, so I was super stoked to get hit up by you guys and come do this podcast, and been a fan, listened to a bunch of them, and yeah, stoked to, you know, talk about mountain biking in the snowboard world. and yeah, yeah, I think we should just start right with that because a lot of our friends that are, are mountain bikers as well as snowboarders, if you look at snowboarding, it's up in the mountains. You're basically riding the same exact terrain as you would in the summer on a mountain bike. And I kind of want to talk about a bunch of the, the similarities because especially in regards to like your, your new film, you know, we were, we were talking about, um, uh, what's it called again? Quarter? Quarter point Quarter film. point film, yeah. And you guys are getting... <clears throat> hellied up on on top of mountains just like big mountain riders do in ak so so yeah what are the kind of the similarities between mountain biking and snowboarding in some yeah like i grew up on a board and i snowboarded for a long time as a grom and still do for fun and uh yeah when i first got into it like i was racing i was racing moto a little bit and snowboarding and used to compete a little bit at all the usasa little competitions around the west coast and uh and then once I got into mountain biking, I was pretty much just riding dirt jumps. And, uh, yeah, for me, I ended up just sticking with mountain biking. One, because I was just – I had more fun. I felt like I was better, progressing quicker. And it kind of felt like a mix of moto and snowboarding to me because, um, yeah, you can definitely make it style-based and lots of spins in mountain biking. And, you know, for me, it's like s spinning is, like, super similar. Obviously a lot different, but, uh, yeah, and then just, like, riding trails – trail bikes downhill, going up a lift, riding bike parks. It's like pretty similar and in a lot of ways and just ripping through the trees and picking your own line and popping off stuff. So I think that's why a lot of the snowboard dudes are, you know, super into mountain biking now in the summer. I mean, it's probably not the safest uh, way to cross train or have fun being in the woods, you know, it's a little consequential sometimes, but yeah, like Sage and Brock and Ben, Gabe, they all, they all really enjoy mountain biking and kind of a lot of a lot of snowboarders. So mm -hmm. it's pretty cool to see and it's fun because I can, you know, ride with all those guys, enjoy that, and then go snowboard with them in the winter. And it's very different but similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, Ben, ben made a cool note. He just texted me last minute, Ben Ferguson. So being from Bend, you know, know James Jackson really well who's been a, a guest of the show who's kind of like a Red Bull mindset coach type of guy. Uh, you know, the list goes on of, of Ben Bendites. You got uh, Ben Ferguson, Spencer Schubert, that you're super good friends with, Gabe Ferguson. Uh, and it, it was, he was basically saying that following you 
on a mountain bike is like incredible. You're popping off every little thing. You're like not even going where the trail dictates. And uh, he likened it to like you guys following us. You know, there's kind of a cool give and take of like we're yeah. blown away by you guys, but you're stoked on the snowboarders as well. And for sure. Like that. Yeah, it's definitely that's a big similarity. Like I can follow Ben and Gabe Ferguson or Spencer, you know, kind of any of you guys and uh, the amount of board control you guys have over, you know, somebody like me who boards but isn't like crazy talented, you know. It's fun because you pick up a lot of things you can follow and kind of just do what they do and it makes it way more fun. Just super follow or super fun to follow people and just shred and rip around, do what they do, you know. And it's, yeah, same thing with biking. It's kind of, I, just you guys have so much experience on snow that you interpret it a, a way different way than I do. And, and same with me on a bike, you know. So, and Ben, all those dudes follow me. I'm popping off and just finding little side hits and ripping through and finding new lines and hitting berms inside and blowing shit up. And yeah, so they're always stoked and, you know, always doing like little nollies off stuff on the bike. And so they follow and they're like, that was way more fun to follow you because you can see what you can do with just a, you know, simple trail, special, like especially in Bend where trails aren't super steep. It's all just kind of fun, flowy, poppy stuff, kind of like Bachelor. And, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of give and take with that. I want to back up to something Chris said. You guys go up in helis and mountain bikes? I, I never knew this. How long has that been going on? It's quite a long time, Yeah, I is think. that just yeah. crazy or what? It's pretty fun, yeah. It's uh, kind of few and far between, but when you get the opportunity, it's always worth it. I love helicopters and uh, it's really specific to the terrain. Like, uh, actually, the movie Quarter Point that my buddy Clay Porter and I are making right now, there's not a lot of heli, heli biking, like big mountain stuff in there. Uh, it's more, you know, it's kind of everything else because we're basing it out of uh, Oregon is, like, the only place we're filming the movie. So that we don't really have the terrain to be able to go, like, you know, if we were allowed to ride in, like, wilderness, like, we could go drop in on South Sister and there's stuff you could ride, like, lines down that, but... We'd probably go to jail if we did that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, certain places, like, a couple, couple of the films I've been able to be a part of. Uh, going up, like, uh, we went to the Yukon and uh, floated this river called the Tachinchini and did this big, like, float trip, like, float on rafts. There's a heli with us, and there's some pretty insane terrain, like, kind of on the border of Alaska and B.C. in the Yukon that we rode, and it was all heli stuff, like, to access the stuff. It's super high super high alpine and uh it was we were just scouting lines and going to the top ripping down ripping ridges and uh yeah like that's super similar to ak and then uh the coolest experience i've ever had is getting to film uh red bull media house made a movie called north and nightfall and it was like on this island called axel heiberg that's like way up in the canadian arctic and uh yeah it's like 300 miles or something from the magnetic north pole so it was like pretty much as far away as you can get from anything and uh super unaccessible and we went up there and camped for like a month and filmed this movie and had a ton of heli time i don't know if i'm supposed to talk about the heli time because the movie is kind of about you know there's a lot of environmental plugs and but realistically there's no other way we were gonna be able to film that stuff we did do a lot of hiking but a lot of scouting in the heli and lots of heli drops and uh yeah, that was sweet. That was, like, as close as you can get to AK because we were just scouting lines, looking at them, studying them, going up, flying around, getting dropped, and then uh, just ripping stuff raw and just hoping the run out is good. And, uh, yeah, 
same effect where, you know, you have to like m- memorize the line. You're at the top and you can't remember like which spine is roll. the right one it's to go blind down. Roll. Yeah. Blind roll. And uh, you just drop in and it was steep, like really steep and uh, long enough where, yeah, your brakes kind of stopped working. They'd overheat, get gnarly brake fade. And the only way to like control your speed was to carve. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it just, and it just so happened to be like the best dirt ever for that kind of, for that kind of riding. So it's a pretty epic trip. I'll, I don't know if I'll ever go anywhere cooler, but name yeah. Axel too. That's crazy. When you guys watch these guys come down the big faces, it's like snowboarding. Cause you guys are basically like carving and then you'll see like a finger and just like, like you would whack a pow slash. You guys mm. just like blow up the finger the same way you would and yeah. just throw a bunch of roost and then skid the whole way down and just, you're basically just fishtailing the whole thing like you're carving. It's so yeah. sick to it's watch. It's got to be scary, yeah. too, huh? If your brakes, you're depending on carving. That's it's cool. A little, it can get scary for sure. I've tomahawked a bunch. And um, you're in the like, you're in the North Pole and there's no snow. It sounds like global warming is uh, the real deal, huh? Yeah, that was kind of the... I mean, where we were, it, it's like a... It's an Arctic It's an Arctic desert. So the island yeah. has always been kind of a desert. doesn't get a lot of rain or snow in the winter. Uh, but the whole point was, like, the ice up there. Like, the only other people that inhabit it, like, temporarily in the year is a group of scientists that are on the other side of the island, and there's a big glacier, and uh, they've been studying it since, like, the 50s. Like, I think it was, like, a Swedish program, I think. And, uh, yeah, so we got the chance to go over there and check it out and get on the ice with them, and they kind of gave us the whole breakdown of, like, how quickly it is melting and the impacts and and just, like, the sea ice, too, how it's, like, gotten so bad that uh they're starting i think they're going to start like doing cruise ships through the northwest passage and that was the big thing because those things are not very environmentally friendly and it's also kind of raping the most you know untouched uninhabitable spot on earth you know and uh for them to go through there and you know we learned a lot of history about the place and how many people died like hundreds of years ago trying to get to the north pole like ships getting stuck people dying nine months of darkness and uh, so it's kind of a crazy place and where we were on the island, like not many humans have like touched foot on it. So it's pretty cool experience it was all kind of going back to the environmental effects of, I don't know, the climate crisis and what's going on. So it's really interesting, learned a lot. And, uh, yeah, I guess thanks to global warming, we're able to ride our bikes down fossilized epic dirt. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it. <laughs> another, it's not a good thing, but I, I, I mean, yeah. Another harming it too much. Yeah. Another thing that I think uh, is is wild, like watching you guys, you know, hit step downs and stuff, like mm. you know, especially kind of rampage type terrain yep. or anything like that. You look at essentially what you're jumping. You jump the build the jump the same exact way for a step down on a snowboard. If you're in the backcountry, you're on top of a cliff. You basically just grab an heavy shovel, throw f- twenty scoops on it, pat it down with your board, and we're we're flying off of it. Then you guys. It's like a five-day build for a pat-down, you know? Talk about yeah. how much work goes into building some of those jumps in, in those faces. Yeah, it really, really depends. Like Utah, like where Rampage is held, the whole scene down there in southern Utah by St. George, uh, that dirt and that terrain, it's kind of kind of one of the only places in the world where it's like that, where it's kind of just the perfect mixture of crazy steep exposed terrain, but the dirt's really good and a lot of clay in it, so you can kind of turn anything into whatever you want. And, yeah, so it's a lot of work, a lot of pickaxing at cliffs and backfilling stuff and shaping, slapping, getting a bunch of water on it. Uh, so it's definitely a lot of work. But as far as, like, 
like I was down there for uh, for Red Bull Formation. It's uh, kind of the women's women's rampage event, which is pretty cool. They've kind of spearheaded that whole thing. But I went down to support it, and Brock Crouch actually came down with Aaron Blatt. They are hanging the whole time, so Brock got to get up there and dig. He was, like, digging his ass off. It was pretty sweet. He was super hyped on it. And uh, I was there kind of to help 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 him with whatever, like, the builds. And I was kind of the guinea pig. So I remember guinea pigging this one pretty good-sized step down, and Brock was kind of hanging there, and he was kind of tripping on, on, on how similar it is, like, to guinea pig something blind and big like that and that sort of train that's super exposed and just super blind. And he was tripping on how similar it was. Like we place like rocks or sticks, like right on the ride line where we want to, mm-hmm. where we want our tires to go through off the lip. Mm-hmm. And he was like, dude, we kind of do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's another yeah, for, similarity. For like snowboarders too. You have, like what, if you want to find a sweet spot in the landing, mm-hmm. you just take your edge or a shovel and you, you basically either make an arrow or a line, draw a line. On a, and then you're just like, okay, I'm going to go off right here to make sure you're on target. And you, yeah. it's cool to hear you guys do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll put rocks and then I will get my front tire and like slowly skid it down exactly where the line is mm-hmm. where I want to go. And it just helps you in your head and, you know, sometimes it's pretty necessary. But yeah, that's a huge similarity and probably same feeling. It's pretty scary guinea pig mm-hmm. step downs. It's like probably the scariest, like like a big step down on a bike. First time is like, or a, or a flat drop. It's mm-hmm. definitely the scariest thing to guinea pig for sure. And then same thing with snowboarding too. They don't really have step downs like that in snowboard parks. Like you, you can't, like dropping out of the sky is a lot different than going off the arc of a park jump. So yeah, you got to like learn how to like and spinning yes, off a kicker spinning step down. Dude, I always yeah. feel like you initiate, like if you're going to do a 540, you initiate like a 180 or something, yeah. you know, you're like, yeah. take it real slow off the lip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's a, a cool segue into, uh, you know, you grew up with Spencer Schubert and for the listeners too, uh, Ben Ferguson told me that you were doing cab nines when you're younger, <laughs> you can rip on a snowboard. So his credibility is high in on the board, on the board as well. Um, so, uh, but I want to talk about Spencer Schubert was telling me, oh, you're getting ready for Rampage mm-hmm. and you just showed up to a gigantic bike jump that was like, I don't know if it was a step down and you yeah. just did a bunch, you did like four backflips and you're like, okay, I'm ready to go or something like that. Is yeah. That, is that what happened? Yeah. I randomly saw Spenny for the first time in like a year. He was in Ben and I saw him, he was riding, he was riding road bikes around with, uh, or no, I think he hit me up and then I went and picked him up. He was riding bikes with another buddy we grew up with and it was kind of like a little mini high school reunion and picked up Spenny and he just wanted to hang and I was like all right I'm going to this spot it's a public jump spot called the lair in Bend and uh there's this big step down there and it's kind of like a it's kind of like slightly a left hip step down pretty big if you go deep and you kind of have to go deep on it to get the to get to the sweet spot it's like the knuckles here somebody put like four by four wood on the knuckles. You kind of can't case it. And then, uh, it's like kind of, kind of flat. And then it rolls down again. And that roll is all like a, like a rock layer, like volcanic rocks. You can't really pick it out. So we just throw dirt on it and slap it. And it's kind of like landing to like the second landing. And when you go to the second landing, it's like pretty good size, probably like 20 ish down and 35 out. And, uh, yeah, and I flipped it a bunch, and it's kind of a perfect, like a perfect warm up for. Yeah, it's just one of those tricks you don't do it. Like if you don't flip a step down in a while, it's it gets like it's scary. So it's perfect kind of prep just to get that in my head and know that I can do that one trick. You know, it's same with spinning drops. There's not a lot of drops I can just like go spin and bend. You know, I kind of have to build. So like right now, I'm gonna go home while I'm hurt and you know 
build a flat drop setup at my house just so I can get the muscle memory back and then go to Utah and probably do it on something four times as big. But uh, step down, step down yeah, training. Step yeah. down a flip on a backflip on a step down. That's insane. Yeah, it's definitely like yeah, flipping step down is kind of high consequence, but. It's one of those things you just initiate it and then it's just another flip. Like once you once you're in the air, like the air awareness kind of takes over and you know whether to tuck open a ball or open mm-hmm. up and as soon as you come around it's just like flipping a jump. Well, this in Scary. regards to <laughs> earlier in our Patreon interview, you had a great uh quote or I said what was it? The question was best advice ever received. Mm-hmm. And I think that this ties really well into snowboarding or really anything, mm-hmm. but if you if you wouldn't mind re-highlighting that answer you had. Yeah, yeah, I said uh the best advice I've ever gotten is from Kurt Voorhees, who is a legend of our sport, kind of the OG, kind of created free ride, and uh, he kind of put me under his wing. He he lived in Bend for a long time, and uh, he's like the reason I have my career, but he would always kind of emphasize to me and everybody else that he was kind of trying to bring up in the sport that if you're not having fun, then don't do it. Like, stop. Like, if you take mountain biking too seriously or anything – and you stop having fun, then you should just stop doing it and get a normal job. So that's something that really stuck with me, you know. So it's my main goal. Like, I ride the best when I'm having fun, when I'm stressed out. It's kind of inevitable when you're competing in certain scenarios. But once you get into it, you can always have fun. So I'm always just telling myself to have fun. And something that James kind of reiterates with me, too, is just, like, just flow and just have fun. Like, you know what you're doing and, you know, worked a long time for this. So don't get too stressed out. Just go in there and just show them like what you do and just have fun with it, you know? And that's when I kind of perform the best when it's just when I'm just having fun and feeling like I'm on top of it. And yeah, that's beautiful. Let's, let's uh, run back. We got a guest question from none other than Spencer Schubert. Here we go. What up Carson and the bomb hole boys. (laughs) Hey, so I had a two part question for you. Is it easier to backflip a bike or a snowboard? And the second one is remember those banana jumps and we used to always steal sod out of those people's yards for the landings. Um, how much grass do you think we stole? And now that you're a homeowner, what would you do if you saw some punk kids stealing grass out of your lawn? Uh, that's all I got. Love the show. Keep it up. Good questions. Sir. Great question. All right. First question, Spenny. Flipping a bike or snowboard? Um, I mean, I could flip a snowboard way before I could flip a bike. And... Uh, say it's not really how much more difficult it is I think it's just more consequential and it's just different so I don't know I think it's kind of the same because you still got to chuck yourself on a snowboard and on a bike it's kind of like you compress and you compress into the lip and pop and just tuck into a ball and uh it's super similar but yeah you're just pulling the bike around instead of pulling the board around on your feet I'd say Bikes are more straightforward because as long as you commit to it, it's just a backflip. You're going straight back. Snowboard, there's so many different ways you can flip something like Wildcat or, yeah, I don't know. Underflip style kind of, yeah. Off your edge or, or laid back out. rodeos. Yep. Snowboarding's got to be way less, uh, way easier to not get hurt. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? exactly. <laughs> Dude, I for the don't come around here. half the time on backflips <laughs> yeah. and you're fine. It's, yeah. de- it's definitely less consequential. Less but, consequential is what But I'd say for. it's like pretty technical. Like a bike is so straightforward. When you start getting into like backflip variations, then it changes a lot. Like, yeah, it's probably a little harder than, I mean, yeah, I don't know. So, and what about somewhere. part two? Part two, sod stealing. Yeah, we had these jumps by Spencer's mom's house called the banana jumps, and uh, it was just full poached, like somebody's lot that they hadn't built built a house on yet. And uh, 
had these sweet jumps going, building it by hand, and we would just, like, steal wood, everything we could, because there's, like, that development, it was just growing, and there's, like, houses getting built all over the place. We'd steal all sorts of wood and sod and uh, kind of use the sod to, like, fill, you know, like, throw wood in there and throw dirt on it so we didn't have to dig as much dirt. <laughs> and uh, it was pretty janky, but I don't know how much sod. We stole a lot of shit, though, like, a lot of wood, like, <laughs> Nowadays, like the wood price is going on, yeah, that's like gold. Probably that's go like to jail gold. right now. Yeah, yeah. You get caught in juvie. You get uh, chased down. So hypothetically, let's say you got a bunch of wood and sod on your property, and some asshole kids are come through and steal it. What? Uh, how are you going to react to that? Now I'd as a be homeowner? so pissed. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm bummed that I did. I mean, you wouldn't we look the other way because you used to do it. If you knew Hell they were no. on bikes, no, I don't even know what I do. <laughs> I'd probably call some Groms and Ben and be like, go beat these kids up. I can't do it. Send the Groms after him. He's like, you want to ride my jumps? Like, go beat these kids up and you're in. (laughs) He goes mafia style on him. I like like the mafia approach. I like that. Send the Groms. Yeah, Yeah, we were dicks. We didn't even know what we were doing either. We were like, oh, whatever. There's a whole stack of wood right there. Mm -hmm. We'll steal all the I-beams and two-by-sixes. Dude, yeah, G like the the GC shows up and, and he's just like, uh, "Where the fuck is our wood?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little mellower. It was a lot cheaper then. True, now true. It's it was a lot cheaper. Yeah, true. I think it's a great time to get into the Liquid Death spinning wheel of death. Here we go. Oh man, welcome to the Liquid Death. Death, death, death. Spinning wheel of death. Are you drinking a liquid death right now, bud? Yes, I am. I got the uh, how's it going the, down? The bubbly style, and it is going down smoother mm-hmm. than ever, keeping me cool. Oh, nice! In this in these hot summer temps, it's good to just stay hydrated and uh, crush some can, if you will. Crush some can. Uh, one thing about that's great about liquid death is you're not contributing to all the plastic in Dude. in the world. You know? No, and you know what, dude? I I got a recent package from them, and I got to say, I drink these things like they're going out of style, man. What, how many you think you put down a day? Dude, I actually drank like six yesterday. Wow. That, yeah, of the normal non-carbonated water. It's just crushable. Stay hydrated. It's, it's good for you. You know what's nice? You drink it, uh, you don't get a DUI if you get in your car after. You no, know? yeah, you can have and a it six. Lo- it looks like a beer. You show up to a party. You know, sometimes you don't you don't want to get you don't want to get shit-faced. So you, you show up to a party, you got a liquid death. Nobody's going to really bust your balls. And if you are drinking, do the old... Uh, Old program where every three beers, pound of liquid death. See, that's a pro tip. That's a pro tip. You're not going to be hung over the next day. If you're interested in getting some liquid death, head on over to liquiddeath.com slash the bomb hole. You'll get a couple free koozies. It supports the show. Again, liquiddeath.com slash bomb hole and get ready to crush some can. And you know you're going to buy some liquid death, so get it off the site. Yeah. Hook, hook, hook us up. And uh, it, I think it's time to spin the wheel. So you're going to basically spin this thing, and we'll yep. tell you what you land on. Give it a good spin. Good spin. All right. Should I be scared? Yes. yes. Yeah, all right. Very afraid. All right. Smelling salt to shotgun. To shotgun in a wig. In a wig. Smelling salts to shotgun in a wig. It's oh, beautiful. We got a blonde wig. So, so we usually, we're new, we've been hitting the wig lately. Um, so the wig, you usually, we usually recommend wearing for about five minutes. Yeah, you don't, uh, yeah. don't want to wear it too long. Yeah, yeah. Our last guest might have wore it for about 25. Our yeah. last guest was I telling, like wigs. Our, yeah. our, our last guest was telling us a story about getting stuck in an avalanche yeah. while wearing the wig. <laughs> he forgot he was wearing and, it. And I, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't take him seriously. Yeah. It was kind of a... He had a big smile on yeah. his face <laughs> the whole time. Uh, this is not a funny time to be laughing. 
Um, and so we have uh, what's called Run Through Wall Smelling Salts. It's our uh, it's our bombhole smelling salt company. We uh, started joking around about it, and then our our listeners actually wanted some. Unfortunately, there's a national back order on smelling salts that were sold out. Um, <laughs> but we uh, we've sold some bottles, and essentially, so what I would do is first throw on the wig. Yep, and then um, then you'll crack one of these. And then you're going to shotgun a pub beer as well right after. Sweet. So it's kind of a three-parter. So yeah. wig, get get ready in the wig first. Oh, dude, that's a oh, yeah. Dude, if you need to rebrand yourself, yeah. a blonde wig, oh, yeah. that's a look. Dude, that yeah. is a look. look like, Especially look with like the, Mike Hucker. Yeah, there you go. With yeah. the hat, he, he the hair flowing. Yeah, dude, yeah, that is a yeah. Mike Hucker look right there. Um, <laughs> okay, a so good look right there. Itchy. And then grab the drill. All right, and make sure it's in. It's oh, in straight. We're, we're going power drills to so shotgun. We have a. We have a. Make sure you're in frame as well. So yeah, mm. yeah, you should be good right there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. First, what you're gonna want to do is you crack this. Yeah. You, you squeeze it, squeeze and then it. give it a big sniff. Don't go too like. Don't go crazy. Just you yes. know, give it a little. And then hand it to us. Me and Buds like to whack the yeah, smelling we, we salts. Like to as whack well. the leftovers. Wakes, right. wakes right. us up. And then once you're done the smelling salts, hit a shotgun. All right. Okay. I might need to stand up for the shotgun. Uh, okay, I'm that should work. Should check the frame. Check, check the frame while so he make sure he's in frame. Mm-hmm. Once he once he if you need if you need to zoom out, you can. Okay, um, start yeah, squeeze the smelling salt see. first. Yeah, we're gonna lose him, so should I back? Yeah, up? back it out a little bit. How's that? Can you see him? Now we're good. Okay, we're in business. All right, give it a give that smelling salt a, sque- a squeeze and a sniff first. So you just squeeze. squeeze it. It'll pop. Now give it a big whiff. Oh fuck. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking spicy. Yeah. I didn't realize it's going to be that gnarly. Oh, yeah. It's a spicy one. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you crack can with a drill. Oh, it's kind of sharp. Sorry. Oh, I went through it. Okay. And down the hatch. She is putting the pub beer down. And what a champion. Oh, Great performance. I accidentally went through the can a little bit. Oh, wow. Well, a little better airflow. It probably came out better. Also, minor spillage. Yeah. Yeah. Stem barrel. It's a good beer to shot. Yep. That was something. Nice work on that. That was a great performance. Thanks. Yeah. I like the power power drill adage. Um, yeah, nothing like so, a good power tool to. So you are, uh, let's, because Pub Beer is also part of 10 Barrel. Yep. And you're a 10 Barrel athlete as yep. well, right? Yep. That's pretty sweet. They support mountain bikers as well as snowboarders. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I. Uh, I think they kind of started their program with sponsoring athletes and doing events in the action sports side, like in 20, <coughs> 2017 and uh, the beginning of 2017. So that's when I signed with them. Same with Fergie, Ben. and uh, They got Curtis, Cizik as well. They got Curtis. Solid. Let's Eric Jackson. It's a great team. Yeah. And, and, and they're supporters of the show. Shout out to Grady. Always having her back. So thanks, Grady. Yeah, that beer went down smooth. It looked like too. Yeah, yeah. I Maybe got a little. Went all the I way got a little choke in it right here, so it it ripped through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I kind of ruined your new carpet and your new uh, studio. Here. I but I'm sure it's not the first time. That's so. okay. Well, yeah. It was the first time, but it won't be the last. It time. won't be the last. The yeah. thing <laughs> that with Buds and I, you got to realize is that like we feel in our element. Like we keep. I like to keep trash all on the backside of the studio. Yeah. The the electrician work that I've done with the wiring is a disaster. Um, we kind of like to replicate my garage, which is a complete junk show. So a little bit of spillage is good yeah. for us. We kind of keep it comfortable. We're thriving. Keeps yeah. us feeling good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that, yeah, that's beautiful. Well, let's, let's dive right into, uh, some rampage stuff. Um, right. 
Yeah, you can probably remove the wig at yeah, this I'll point. Yeah, I'll take the wig off. <laughs> 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 I mean, it, it is good, but when you start talking about serious, uh, yeah. serious it stuff. It was a good look, though. Let's let's dive right into, I actually have the clip. Let me pull it up. But in tw- Talk about 2016, mm-hmm. your experience there, because that was a huge moment in your career, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely a turning point. And, uh, yeah, the first time I got invited to Rampage was 2014. I was, like, 21. And, uh, yeah, I was, like, full in the slope style scene. And that was kind of the whole, you know, the whole premise of my career at that point was, like, fully focused on slope style. And then back then we have a thing called the FMB World Tour. It's, like, the governing organization body that – you know, the whole the whole point system for the slow style tour. And Rampage was a part of that, which was kind of weird because Rampage is like that that whole side of the sport. It's almost like a different sport than slow style, you know? And uh, so it's based off of like your ranking. So I think top 10 in the world tour got invited to Rampage. And so at that point, like 2014 was kind of like my breakout year in slope style. Like got decent, I don't know, got decent placing in like all the big contests and then ended up being top 10 and getting – Invited a rampage, and at that point, I had, like, no interest in that side of the sport. I just thought it was too gnarly. I grew up in Bend riding dirt jumps and didn't have that much experience on a big bike. So uh, it was my first year, went full survival mode. Then there was qualifying. So I qualified, which was crazy. And uh, then I ended up getting, like, 12th place or 14th place or something, you know. But I was just hyped to get a just get a rundown you know and make it and make it through the qualifying get into finals and get a run and uh yeah and then 2015 survival mode again I was really terrified I competed slopes all year you know and then just went and did that definitely did some more preparation and, and work going into it and then ended up getting hurt practice and sprained my ankle super bad so I didn't even get to compete and then that's when Red Bull signed me at that event so it's kind of a little bit of a wash it was like they were hoping I was going to qualify and then they were going to present me with this Red Bull helmet as a surprise. And then when I got hurt, they're like, oh, well, surprise. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't compete. And then, yeah, and then, yeah, going into 2016, had a couple other little injuries that were kind of lagging. And, uh, yeah, didn't have the best year competing slope style. Filmed a bunch. Like, it was a all right year, you know. And it was my first year on Red Bull, so I was kind of tripping out on, like, am I doing good enough? I'm you know, blown it in the slopes, like all the contests, you know, and then, uh, then got invited to rampage again and went kind of didn't have any expectations for myself. I was just feeling good on my big bike. Just got back from a trip that film, that film in the Yukon called mm-hmm. riding the Tachinchini. So I just got all that experience and it was new. It was the first time I've like been in a heli dropping lines, like riding the big mountain stuff and, you know, feeling pretty confident on my bike, but going into rampage that year, I was like, just wanted to survive, but I found uh, this big drop I wanted to spin and uh, just kind of committed to the build. I I have the clip. Oh, oh nice. Oh. Yeah. So I decided to do that. Here's the, watch this thing. This is this yeah. giant 360, like, heard Good around the world. Lord. Dropping in. Yeah, come on, dude. Yeah, dude, look at this thing. Yeah, come <laughs> Dude, that was hog show. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah. That's huge, dude. So it was my first big move, you know, and uh, I was just feeling just feeling good at that event. I was having fun, and, yeah, and didn't really expect to do good, and then all of a sudden my, you know, score stuck, and uh, I ended up on the podium getting third place, and then the three-drop one best trick, and then it kind of just catapulted me into free ride. Like, I, like all the companies I rode for just wanted me to focus on film, f- free ride, less slope style, and uh, 
So it kind of like forced me into the free ride thing. But then once I started kind of focusing on that full time, I realized like that's what I really wanted to be doing and had the most fun on a downhill bike doing tricks and filming and, you know, a little less pressure of the whole slope style scene. It's, it's gnarly. It's like scary. It's mm-hmm. super unpredictable. You gotta have a million tricks. Tough. You gotta have 8 million jump tricks. Yeah. Psycho ones. For the layman, slope style is just going down. It's like a bike park where you hit a shitload of jumps and uh, stuff like that. It's like pretty much exactly the same as slope style snowboard okay. and ski, but it's like, so it's a pre-built course and the features, it's kind of like BMX, like ah, BMX okay. dirt. But imagine BMX dirt, but the jumps are bigger and there's different features like flat drops and step downs. But it's like one course and you just get judged on a run. So it's just like slow style snowboarding. So now they and want you doing the big, big dots. Th- then stuff. he wants like basically, uh, th- it's basically a natural selection at yeah. 8K kind of thing. Yeah. You know? So it kind of just gave me the opportunity to just focus on free ride and focus on the big, on big bikes and uh, focus on film and... Uh, yeah, so kind of work. You say thing, big bikes, is so are the bikes a lot different they're, too? They're downhill bikes, yeah. Okay. So the bikes that we do like rampage on, a lot of the big mountain stuff and riding bike parks, you know, like Whistler Bike Park or, you know, uh, downhill bikes. And they're set up really stiff, kind of for tricks. And uh, yeah, and then like slope style, they're like smaller bikes. It's like a dirt jump bike with a rear shock or some people just run like a hardtail dirt jump bike. And it's kind of like, a whole different sport within the sport. Like yeah. it's still kind of under the free ride umbrella, but it's pretty specific and uh, it's like a hybrid between a BMX and a mountain bike. It's so yeah. much like snowboarding, huh? It's so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, like a lot of the like a lot of the slope style dudes uh, like can't do what the free ride guys do. You know, just with the experience and on the different bikes, and then a lot of the free ride guys can't really do the the whole slope style thing mm-hmm. and drop in and do like a backflip tail up on a jump. You know, or and you're kind of an ATV, huh? Because like, you've done them. Before I huh? still, yeah, I still, I like to just keep my tricks in slope style. I'm not progressing. Like when I, like in 2019, obviously last year there wasn't really anything to do, no contest or anything, but 2019 I did a few slope style contests just for fun, like no expectations. And uh, basically my whole goal is I just want to keep my tricks and I still really like riding those contests and, you know, just being a part of that scene. So I just kind of do it for fun and kind of going for like it, top 10 if I can. I don't really care. I don't really care if I win, you know, because I know I'm not going to because the level is so much higher than when I was doing it. Um, But I'm still stoked. Like, 2019, I got a few top tens. Mm -hmm. They also have another – it's almost like a moto aspect. They have best whip contest. Uh, So, like, the way you mm -hmm. see a dirt bike do a whip, these guys can do whips. And then there's also downhill in mountain biking, which is almost like – I'd almost like into like motocross. It's like racing downhill, oh, yeah. and it is psycho. Psycho. Um, it's all it's all psycho. But they're all there's kind of three three segments. It's like you got your free ride, your your slope style, and then you got your your downhill. Right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, downhill. I saw images like, of him doing yeah. whips last mm-hmm. night, and I was hyped. Yeah, whips are the best. They're the most fun for sure. Whips and flat spins on a mm-hmm. downhill bike. That's kind of the you know, in my opinion, the most fun things to do. And. uh yeah, like the downhill, like the race side of the sport, there's like slalom, downhill, enduro. It's almost like a completely different sport, you know? Like, we can ride with those dudes and ride bike park, ride trails, whatever, you know? But, like, uh, they can't really do what we do, and, you know, we can't – a lot of us can't keep up with them. Although there is a few guys like Kyle Strait, Cam Zink, who grew up racing, you know, and they can go race a downhill or go race an enduro and do really good or – Ryan Howard just won like an like an enduro big enduro race, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And uh, yeah, but he's like a free rider, so probably the most stylish dude on a bike in our sport, you know. 
but then he just went and won like a pretty big enduro, the TDS enduro. So there's guys that can do it all. It's all kind of one thing, you know, but there's a lot of specific sides of the sport. If you're like super heavily focused on it, it's kind of, that's the thing. But mountain biking's really spread across the board, you know, like. Going, yeah. going back to Rampage stuff, you were explaining to me on the way here exactly how big Rampage is. Explain the reach it has and how it's basically like the Super Bowl of your sport or even bigger than that, you know? Yeah, like to my knowledge, it's it's definitely the biggest the biggest event in our sport. And uh, yeah, and the last I heard, it you know, it gets more numbers in X Games and uh, you know, the only thing that gets more numbers is the, is the Olympics maybe, and or it does for sure, but... Uh, yeah, it's crazy. That was like Rampage 2019. Just the numbers were really good, and it's crazy just how much reach it gets because it kind of reaches out to way more of the mainstream, the like the mainstream people than like a Crankworks like slope style will because it's so so niche and so like you know within the sport it's like epic to watch, but it's hard for people to understand and know what it is. Uh, where Rampage people don't really understand it, but they watch it because it's like you know. Yeah, anyone I guess, can watch that clip of you and be like, what is going yeah, like on? I've, Let's go. I just hear, like, so many people, like, you know, if people ask me what I do, I say I ride mountain bikes professionally or whatever. And they're like, oh, like, what kind? And I say free ride. And they're like, oh, I don't really know what that is. And they're like, are, are you, like, is it like the Moab, like, Utah stuff? Even though it's not in Moab, but that's kind of the general thing it's I get. It's got that like, look. Riding down, like, the ridges, the red dirt in Nevada or whatever. And, and I'm like, yeah, it's that that one. That's, that's what I do. it. And they're always like, oh, you guys are fucking crazy, you know? And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just so it just reaches to like such a broad range of people. How right? many guys are doing it? Uh, it's always been like 18. And then this year, or it might have been 21. And then this year they lowered it to 15. I don't know why. For but TV I just mean like in the world, how many oh. guys are like badass on your level, able to stand up to those? conditions and jump that kind of stuff and there's a lot there yeah. is like the free ride side of the sport is definitely really and they big go that right now. big it's definitely alive it depends yeah, yeah but there's it's a hard one because rampage is so hard to get into and then it's so hard to stay in uh like you're never really guaranteed uh like an invite back unless you're top 10 the year before you know so i'm lucky i've been top 10 for the past few years you know and not on the not on the podium which kind of sucks just you know whatever uh but so I've been in it, and but to get in it, it's there's not a lot of spots, but there's like probably like over a hundred dudes who are pretty qualified to get in it. So it's pretty gnarly to get into, and uh, that's like the only bummer with our side of the sport. There's not there's not like a lot of platforms for people to like get into an event like Rampage. You know, there's no like free ride world tour of events. But although it's kind of in the works and it's an idea, like Todd Barber, who's the event coordinator at Rampage. He's doing an event this year, actually near Bend, uh, Proving Grounds, and uh, his goal is to like turn it into a competitive series, like around the world, like do like three or four stops around the world. Mm-hmm. They're all free ride based, and uh, it's Proving Grounds in 2019. It was a Rampage qualifier, like the first one ever. Before it was just like basically off of like video parts and hype and just your name, you know, you're killing it. And, you're obviously like invite only you just invite only you just get invited just off of like how hard you're killing it but then that was a qualifier and they ended up inviting like i think three people or four people to it uh from that event but then red bull didn't want to have it a qualifier again and uh so then todd just turned it into a one-off free ride competition so a bunch of us that are already in rampage are doing that 
contest, and uh, and there's some other guys that aren't in like big name dudes that aren't in the big <laughs> show, but they're doing but they're doing proving grounds. But yeah, if it turns into a series, and then if even there's like a qualifying series for it to get into like the proving grounds world tour, the free ride world tour, you know, that's kind of the goal because right now it's pretty exclusive and it's really hard to get into. And uh, yeah, there's just so much talent, like so many young kids that are like driven and I think social media has helped like you know make kind of make it so it's like kids can get into the sport and start getting like deals and start getting sponsored uh off of social media when there's only like one contest to do in free ride and it's the biggest one in our sport you know so I feel like the inclusiveness needs to grow and it'll take time but yeah free ride's alive and I think yeah there's a little bit more competitive aspect. And you, know, you know what I'd like to see as a viewer from uh, Rampage is like just how gnarly it is. You're watching it on TV. You guys go down. You make it look pretty easy. I think they should try to find volunteer civilians uh, throw, throw me <laughs> with in there, no man. bike experience, with like little little <laughs> bike experience to go down Rampage course and just yeah. put them in like a full body suit with as many pads as you can. If you just, hit this course, this well, is what will happen. Like just kind of like to give you a perspective of what it looks like when, when a civilian goes off of this stuff. I think that yeah. would be a – you should pitch that to Red Bull and just see what they think. So it yeah. gives you a better grasp on, on uh, how exactly hard it really how, is. how difficult and how gnarly it is and how they make these steep faces look so easy. You just know? sign the biggest waiver ever <laughs> yeah. created. A 40-page yeah. waiver. Yeah. Throw, like, hockey yeah. goalie pads on and everything yeah. else you can find. Offer yeah. them a significant amount of cash. Yes. Yeah. Sign the waiver. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, uh, it is gnarly, and it's, like, really exposed, and the only way to really experience it and, like, give it and give it justice is to be there in real life and see it, you know? Like, my parents came for the first time in 2019, and they're freaking out. Like I feel bad for my mom. She, you know, hates what she I do, was not she, not I mean, liking she likes it. it. But she, you know, I'm like, why they drink? I think, uh, <laughs> or that event might be. But, Give an uh, air horn, yeah. Some a little love. <laughs> yeah, I want to go watch this in person. Yeah. But Let's it's drive down there. But man. it's also like so fun, and it's the best terrain, and it's exposed, and you have to be on it, you know. But it's like what all of us work for. We're just, you know, you. The only way to like do good at that event is to like have experience and do them and be in that terrain and be in that setting and just kind of like Alaska, right? Like you can't take a park kid and throw him in Alaska. Just, yeah, no. it's dangerous. Like you have to. I mean, obviously the snow is different, you know, because that's the real. That's a real danger there. Like you can tomahawk and fuck yourself up, but really it's like the snow slough management, not getting in avalanches. Yeah, and like that, that comes with experience. Yeah. And same with rampage. It's like it all. It's like very specific type of riding and. The dirt's really specific, and you kind of just have to get your tires in the dirt and just experience it. And then when it comes to, like, the event and you're building all this stuff that's, like, way over your head and it's fucking scary and you're terrified, but it all comes down to, like, preparation and just experience. And then once you're doing it and, you know, getting the flow and you're guinea pig and stuff and it's working, it's fun. But then on the outside, they like, a lot of people look, it's like, you guys are stupid. Like, it's unnecessary, you know? It's like, no, it's just, like... The progression of it, it's like mm-hmm. it's just fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's just and that's, like anything you could say is stupid because yeah. they're going too big. Well, the but footage for you looks guys, cooler than yeah. a bike park when you see somebody for doing sure. a big yeah, step down cooler. and riding a natural spine. Like it's mm-hmm. incredible. You yeah, know? It's just and it's just creative. Like it's cool because it's a contest. It's a huge one, but you get to express your creativity in the way you see the way you see free ride mountain biking. Like everybody builds their dream line. That's like exactly how they envision. The sport, you know, like, and so it's cool because there's a lot of creativity involved in it still. And you can push yourself to go as big as you want to go or don't have to go big. You can go fast. You can ride steeps. Like, I have a question in regards to that. So how does it work? Because I imagine you guys all look at this face 
and a lot of people are thinking, I want that line, mm. I want that line. Is there are people fighting over lines, or how does it work for lines? Is there a pecking order? Honestly, kinda, but uh, there's been like there's never been a real fist fight, but it's been close. <laughs> there's been some drama, uh, but for the most part, like you know, everybody's pretty pretty PC with all of it, and you just have to work with everybody. Especially like this year is like a fresh site, and so it's completely untouched, and it's the most work you can do it like it's insane like every first year every first year site it's the craziest amount of work ever you kind of have to team up with people you know Mm -hmm. you just pick and choose and just work with people and you know if it's like one big feature that's kind of like the like the epitome of your line like the big focal point of your line like you just have to decide like do I want this to be one-off and waste like five of the eight days building this or do I want to team up with somebody and just make sure they're going to do a different trick than me where you know, so it's a lot of give and take, and you kind of have to work with people. And there's been like, I'm not, I won't name any names, but a lot of dudes that are like really hard to work with and really, you know, not very receptive to like working together with people. And, uh, but I feel like it's chilled out a lot, and everybody, like, we're all there to get down the mountain, you know, like we want everybody to succeed and not get hurt. And, uh, but then at the same time, it's the biggest contest in our sports. So it's like you want to do good. So it's mm-hmm. a balance of trying to just, yeah, play nice, but also, you know, be a little selfish for, you know, why you're there and mm-hmm. you want to, you want to stand out and you want to, you know, have your line be as unique as you can. And so it's a weird one. You just have to, there's some politics with it for sure. You just I have didn't to work you with to build your own features. Oh, that, that's yeah. a big part of the whole show. The whole, the whole like rampage, they sell the storyline of basically like build building your- the line, showing up, building it. You have a small crew. It's the whole, that, that's a cool part for the viewer yeah. is the, the build process. And they, they package that into the whole experience when you watch it on TV and everything. And it's great. Yeah. What kind of cheddar biscuits are we talking at this contest? Yeah. What are we talking for bisque on the top? It's top of the box. Good. As far as mountain biking goes, probably the biggest payout. Uh, I think first place is like 65 or 70 grand. And then <laughs> it kind of go. goes down from there. So yeah, if you win, <laughs> you're doing pretty good. You get a bag of loot uh, right there. And you know, you got an energy drinks and giving you some little bonus. bony cash <laughs> yeah. on that. Yeah. Incentive. The Zamboni. But, but like, get that Zamboni <laughs> extra biskies. Yeah. A, a bag just turned into two bags. Yeah. <laughs> Let's drive the Zamboni home. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does good. And they pay out to everybody. Like everybody in it gets money. You get you know? appearance fee. You get an appearance fee, and then, yeah, the breakdown of the payout is kind of dispersed throughout all 18 or all 15 or whatever So everybody's getting paid. Yeah, yeah. So it's good, and, you know, a lot of the time it's like, you know, like kind of comparing to, like, Street League, you know, like that payout's fucking good, yeah. Right? Like, what is it like a hundred grand? Or I know it it's been. It was initially psycho. I think it's it's dropped down a little bit. I don't know the numbers off the yeah. top of my head. But it's like you know, like some of us still feel that like maybe it could be more. But in the grand scheme of things, it's really good, and it's not even the money. It's like you do good at that event, and you go down in the history books as like you know, podium it's or like the winning Olympic, it. It's like yeah, the Olympics. The mountain mountain. It's like yeah, basically. it can make or break your career. Like mm-hmm. it made my career, and mm-hmm. you know, and I'm still on a mission. Like I really want to win it, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm trying really hard, and I'm going to keep trying. And that kind of goes back to the the Kurt Voorhees thing. If I'm not having fun, I'm going to stop. Like as soon as I get to a point with that event where I feel like my confidence isn't there, I'm not really in it, then I'm going to stop doing it. But right now in my foreseeable future, like I really enjoy it. It's scary, but it's like, it's really cool to be involved with. And it's not really about the money. It's about just kind of the, the prestige that goes along with it. And uh, yeah, you kind of just go down the history books and 
you become a legend. Like every dude that's won that is a complete legend in our mm-hmm. sport and will, you know, live on. So it's less about like how much money you're going to get if you win. It's like, mm-hmm. I win this is make my career like 10 years longer. It's dude, a little bit about I'll, the money. I'll yeah. never forget too watching yeah. Cam Zink's gigantic backflip, dude. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I don't know shit about mountain biking, but I was just like, I know Cam Zink is. And yeah. I know I'll never forget that backflip. He's like, the man. He's yeah. the king of like big sends, putting it all on the line, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why he's Cam Zink, you know, Mm -hmm. like that event has like made his career and he has the mental, you know, strength to just like, you know, be the age he is now. And, you know, he's had such a long career with so many ups and downs, but still it always comes down to like, he's, that is his focus is like, he's going to push himself hard at that event. And it's epic. Like he's the man. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's also a big inspiration to me. He's a good buddy of mine, but still a huge, huge inspiration. And uh, one of those guys that he, you know, he puts it on the line every time, and he's still having fun with it, and it's pretty rad. Okay, we're going to get into a little segment we like to call Pub Beer Crap Shoot. Now, what you do is you roll dice, um, and whatever you land on is one of these 12 Thanks. Now, sometimes we read them off, but it takes a long time. But first of all, Pub Beer is a huge supporter of the show. If you're looking to uh, crush some cold ones in this beautiful summer we're having, get yourself a Pub Beer. It's cheap. It's probably the cheapest beer you can find at 7-Eleven. Hashtag cheap fun beer. And it is an absolute fantastic way to get shit-faced. And it's it's hot out there. <laughs> These beers are cold. Crush them. Okay. It's probably the best way to get you face. Okay, so what you're going to want to do, roll these things up, drop drop them on the table, and we'll tell you what you have to do, whatever the numbers land on. Six. We got six. Okay. Who is your favorite person to party with? I don't know. Me and, me and Ben have had a pretty good little run. Ben Ferguson? Ben Ferguson, yeah. I like partying with Ben. <laughs> He's a professional party. Yeah. I heard you guys um, like to wrestle, and you guys, you guys like to try to fight each other. He likes to wrestle, so he comes at you. He instigates. Usually, yeah. Okay, what's ninety percent of the time? Who's who's uh, got the winning re- record? Is what I want to know. I've never lost to Ben. Oh wow! That's. <laughs> 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 I want to know what Ben's going to say to that. <laughs> I guess he's probably doesn't want to get beat down again. So he's he gonna, knows. He's I don't like. Agree. I don't like wrestling my friends. I don't like wrestling in general. I just, mm-hmm. I can't, I get, at some point I just get angry mm-hmm. and Ben knows that. So we just, we had a handshake deal. We're like, we're not, we're not going to wrestle again. Or at least if we do, it's not going to be on asphalt. It'll be on like a, I don't know, like a bed, like a pillow fight or something's chill, but you know. Pillow fight. I'd like to see like an action sports celebrity UFC fight between you two guys. And you remember just, they used to have those boxing matches in Vegas, might be mm-hmm. before your time, but they used to do that. Just set up full on snowboard. This guy's fighting that guy. <laughs> Let's That's do it. Awesome. Let's go. Yeah, walk yeah. out. You'd have your, your theme song. You, what would you walk out Ooh, to if you're coming out to the ring? Question. Like you playing Iron Maiden, you playing uh, for a fight? Him. Yeah, for a fight. What your you, boxing you, match. Oh, you know? Stranglehold by Ted Nugent for oh. sure. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> my quick with it, too. My huh? favorite song, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's what would you some go respect with? on that. For <laughs> me, oof. That's a tough one, man. I never even he he came up with yeah, that I could, quick. How do you? I almost go like I could see like Thunderstruck. Uh, that yeah. song's electric. <laughs> you know, thun- come out with Thunderstruck. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody's on their feet. Yeah, ACDC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. starts up. Yeah. What about great. you? But I could see you coming out with some reggae vibes. <laughs> like come out with like some <laughs> the Rasta <laughs> attack machine, dude. 
<laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm not really a fighter. I don't think yeah, you'd see me. Hypothetically, that, hypothetically, hypothetically, this is a hypothetical situation. Uh, uh, maybe easy or something. Okay, you know, come, come yeah. hard. Yeah, come really hard from the mm-hmm. streets. You know what also uh, hit is like some old G unit. Oh, some like G stri- unit, like original G unit, some G- old fifty G- cent. G- yeah, G yeah. Unit. yeah. I'd get Who Kid to be the DJ, and I'd have mm-hmm. G unit. Then that would work. <laughs> I'd probably have DJ Matty Mo like just kind of aggressively beating the dead horse with an air horn the entire time it's walking just up. Just an air horn, no music. <laughs> yeah, just, just repeat air horn the entire time. Let's go. Yeah, that could hit. Uh, also, I definitely whack a bunch of run through a wall smelling salt. I'd have them like as I walk, people are handing them me new ones. <laughs> snap, <laughs> snap, boom, snap, Dude, snap. Twenty of them by the time salt. I get up there. Do you think caught me off guard for do, sure? Do you think maybe it's something you might hit at the top of rampage this year? Whack a smelling salt drop into rampage? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's it gonna give have, it a little. It doesn't have much juice left in it. It's still a little juice. Hey, it's we could a hit, little juice. We could hit no, another one insane. if we need to wake up. Um, <sighs> it's it's a very unique smell. We're about what halfway through the show. Yeah, my nostrils are getting a little. I think Dude, they're getting. Remember, abused. man, there's a shortage of those. We might never. <laughs> okay. But that's not to say we shouldn't snap okay. another right, one. We should. Yeah, let's hit another one. If we need to, we should. Wake, wake up. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, potentially if Run Through a Wall gets big enough, I could see us trying to outbid Red Bull. Just imagine Run Through a Wall smelling salts helmet dropping into Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> Or we would have our own event going on. Yeah. The Run Through a Wall Rampage? Yeah. <laughs> Just rip off the whole thing? <laughs> keep the Rampage part, but drop Red Bull, throw in uh bottle. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, I'm scared. I can't get Thunderstruck oh. out of my head now. Yeah. Dude, it's so spicy. If you give it a good it's, whiff. It's yeah. spicy. It's a spicy oh. delight. In my yeah. eyes water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got spiced. <laughs> Woo, I'm the sixth Spice Girl right now, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes are water. Are you Dumpy Spice? In the yeah. words of, uh, words <laughs> Dumpster of Spice. Dumpster Spice? I'm sniffing Spice, dude. <laughs> <laughs> The one that got kicked off the crew. <laughs> Too much sniffery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one you never heard about. There's actually, I think there's a documentary coming out there on Sniffy Spice, Sniffy uh, Spice on HBO in a few weeks. <laughs> she what, would where? sniff everything. A little where is she now piece. Yeah, where is she now? Uh, Nobody knows. <laughs> so I think this is actually a great time to segue into a question from Ryan Runke, who is oh. your agent uh, yep. and also a, just an incredible human all around. Uh, here we go. What's up, Bombhole? Ryan Runke here. Big fan of uh, what you guys are doing. Got a question for Carson, Carson Storch. Carson, when you got third place and I believe best tricked at, Ram, at Rampage, the after party ended up in Vegas. Walk us through uh, the oh. details of your Vegas after party. Um, <laughs> good, bad, and ugly. Love where this is headed. Look forward to hearing you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Runke. I could talk about it. I mean, he is my agent, so I can't really... If he told me to say good, bad, and ugly, then it's on him, you know? He briefed me. He expects you to throw him under the bus, maybe. Yeah, he... Okay, so I unexpectedly did good at Rampage, like I was talking about. And then uh, Rampage, there's an after party in this little town called Springdale, kind of like right at the right at the gates of Zion and uh, Zion National Park. And uh, it's at... Kind of like this restaurant with the only bar there. But anyways, uh, got super drunk. Obviously, I was psyched. And, uh, you know, stuff happened, and it was fun, whatever. Went to bed, drunk the next day. And uh, then Runky called. He's like, just got shoulder, just got his shoulder operated on. So he was all hopped up, 
all hopped up on painkillers, and he's like, Carson, Carson, all right, you're going to Ve- you're going to Vegas tonight. And I was going to drive home because I already did the after party. I was just going to go home. And then, uh, yeah, so he kind of told me we're going to Vegas. He got a room at one of the spots, forgot what it was called. And, yeah, we just packed up. I had my trailer with me, like camper, and just packed all the shit in there. Had my moto in the back of my truck, all my bikes, and just tools all over the place. Drove to Vegas. My mom and sister are horse people, so they are at a horse event there, like a horse show. And so I, I asked my mom if I could park my truck and trailer at the horse uh, arena place and leave it there behind a locked gate. Drove it there. Motos unlocked. Bikes on bikes in the back of my truck. Just left it there, and uh, went and met Runky at the hotel room. And uh, it just so happened it was a there's an event called Red Bull Red Bull Air. Damn, what's it called? It's like an air race, Red Bull Air Race okay, or something like it. that. Yeah. Yep. Mm. So there's a bunch of Red Bull employees there, and Runky kind of linked up, and we all kind of grouped together, and uh, yeah, and it turned into like. Uh, bottle service at this one club i was instantly just hammered like so blackout drunk <laughs> and uh i was trying to dance with a girl on top of this like you know the bottom of the uh club you know it's kind of like a stadium style thing we're at the base of it and i was on like the top of this like seating thing you know and it's kind of like plastic and wet and i was spilling my drink all over the place and i ended up slipping out and i like looped out off the top of the thing like five feet to my back onto the ground <laughs> hit, hit my head super hard knocked the wind out of myself and i was just Oof. laying on the ground like Ugh! and then the bouncer just grabbed me and drug me out and then runky and everybody convinced them to let me stay there so they let me come back and then uh yeah sounds like you almost got concussed at the club also oh, for sure. also it sounds to me a lot like the grape lady fall have you ever seen the lady crushing yeah. grapes oh, and yeah. she tips over yeah and she knocks the wind out of herself but she's mic'd up i didn't freak out that bad okay. i don't mind the wind knocked out of me it's just you can't you not go make the uh, so you yeah. went you went 75 percent i didn't grape do the lady. whole <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> That's a great video. Yeah, I don't know. I was just super drunk, and there's all these people, and I don't know. Runky, we went to the Spearmint Rhino Strip Club. Of course, you did. Runky got me like fifteen hundred dollars worth of fun coupons. He called them like he prepaid for you know cash, and I got in there, got one drink, sat at the you know stage or whatever, and passed out. <laughs> and I got kicked out. Didn't spend one dollar of Runky's fun coupons. With all your Runky bucks? You didn't, yeah, you didn't he's, spend Runky he's bucks. still pissed at me because I wasted $1,500 that he That's got a good me. agent right there. That's yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I ended up being there for like three nights and four days, and it was just it was just a shit show. I, you know, I'd lost like probably a year off my life and <laughs> just partying so hard. And I don't know, I just couldn't leave. Just everybody kept coming there and it was just crazy. Like Sorgi came, he's another rider and he got fourth at that event. And then we were all hanging out and then we just kind of never left. And then <laughs> when I drove home, I was just like, yeah, it was just horrible. It took me like 20 hours to get home because mm-hmm. I had to pull over and sleep like <laughs> every two hours. Oh. Runky said you, you guys were supposed to be there 12 hours. He ended up being there like 57 hours. Yeah, he, he I was re- there for three nights. Oh, that, that's all I know. And then he the, blew out his shoulder. <laughs> like yep. his shoulder doesn't, his arm doesn't, will never be the same basically. Yeah. yeah. The, the drive to Vegas versus drive home is always an interesting one. Yeah. You know, you're like, you're so excited. And then I've been driving home and I've been like, 
Uh, I hope the semi literally runs me yeah, over. Yeah, the right depression. Now. Like I, I, I just want to like basically grab the wheel, hook yeah. my truck right into this ditch, and just be done. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, please yeah. take me away. Yeah. That was fun though. There's a time in the place. Like, oh, there is. I mean, geez, time in a place just, to rage, and that was a good. That was a good scenario to go rage. Not something I'm trying to do all the time. No, like, I don't right. really like Vegas at all, uh, and I haven't been there since. So I just told myself like. If I win or get top three again, like we'll probably go to Vegas again. But yeah. unless that happens, I'm not going to that shithole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a rough place. Yeah, yeah. that's a great, um, great technique. I like yeah. that. You yeah. got a Patreon question, but yeah, let's go Patreon style. So our Patreon members, if, thank you for supporting us. It's huge. Uh, so we just selected a couple of your guys' questions. If you're a Patreon member, you know he's coming on the show beforehand. You get a chance to ask a question, and we're a podcast funded by the people. So thank you, and yeah, fire a couple off. All right, we got uh, one from Ryan Williams. With the mountain bike industry constantly upgrading and trying to push tech on the bikes, which new innovations slash upgrades do you think are worth the money, and which ones do you think are simply to appeal to get into the pocket of that person who just has to have the latest and the greatest? I'm talking about for the average rider, not pros. All right. Um, I'm a big fan of just like rung just run what you brung just fucking i don't know like there's a lot of good technology in the bikes uh but i don't know a lot of the technology is like not really necessary like all the different hub sizing and the this and that and i don't know it's a tough one just like snowboarding they're trying to get in your pockets really with different cameras yeah and i mean there's a lot of stuff that like you know somebody like me can benefit from or like like especially on the race side like a lot of the new crazy technology is based off of like world cup racing and cross-country racing where it's super specific and you know the weight is super important and yeah but i mean like all the bikes nowadays like all the trail bikes especially just the frame the geometry they're you know everything's pretty good and i feel like even if you have like an entry-level build on a bike like just run it till you break something and then upgrade it from there. You don't need, like, I feel like all the dentists and doctors who, you know, have $12,000 bikes, like, they're doing it, uh, you know, I don't know, for clout. That's, like, their thing. They have money. They have a Sprinter van, too. So they're, you know, they want to show they got money. So they're getting, like, the craziest part builds on their bikes and whatever. But honestly, you don't really need it to a certain extent. It's just tires. Tires are really good important. Tires. Spend the point. money on tires. Mm-hmm. And make sure your suspension's set up right. That's yeah. other than that, it's all kind of just you know what you like, like the bars, like the sweep on the bars, what kind of seat, what kind of this and that. You know, wheels are pretty important too. You know, like uh, but I'd say tires and suspension, run that, and then upgrade as you go. You don't need like a twelve thousand dollar bike. I don't know if my sponsors would get pissed at me for saying that, but I, I mean people back, are gonna so. buy it. People are gonna buy what they want to buy. But in my opinion, just run. Run whatever and just focus on your tires and mm-hmm. setting up your bike right and just run it. And if shit breaks, then then upgrade it from there. Yeah. I started looking at mountain bikes and it's daunting. They're so expensive, crazy. So, well, there's a huge shortage right now too. So and it's there's a shortage. Hard to get yeah. Them. yeah, they're sold out before you can even get them and yeah. everything else. Everybody yeah. used their their bucks from the government to buy bikes and everything mm-hmm. sold out, huh? Yeah, it blew up. Like I think the mountain bike industry was up like eight hundred percent in sales this past year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like a lot of companies I ride for, it's like there's so much demand and they just can't keep up. And then with all the tariffs and different stuff going on, everything's made in uh, China or Taiwan or whatever, like factories that are good, like 
quality place. It's not like it's super shitty Walmart built, whatever, you know, but it's like there's just so much going on and it's just so behind and there's so much demand that they can't keep up. So it's a tough one, but you can't, you can't blame people for loving to ride, ride bikes. But one thing it's I want to awesome. yeah. dive into uh, is I, I love riding mountain bikes, avid mountain biker myself. And uh, I noticed that like coming from skateboarding, you kind of, you want to look cool on your, on your skateboard coming from snowboarding. You want to have a cool kit, even moto, you know, you want to yeah. have a cool kit, but I noticed that some of the, uh, some of the enduro kits and stuff, you're just like, it just, you just aren't looking, you just aren't looking that cool. No. I don't know how else to say it, but, uh, do you, do you want to touch on that subject? Do you have a take on anything like that? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a lot of trends going on right now and the whole, the, like enduro, you know, it used to be called, uh, Super D, you know, it's not like a new thing. It's just rebranded and the racing is super impressive, super legit, like a lot of really good technology, really good trail bikes and geometries came out of that whole side of the sport blowing up with the enduro racing. Uh, but also I feel like some nerdy shit has gone down too. And it's just like, I don't know. Everybody kind of looks the same now. Like just wear what you want to wear, wear a t-shirt if you want. You don't have to be full kitted up with a fanny pack and a water bottle cage and water bottle in your thing. And you know, like a trail helm with goggles and I don't know. Just, yeah. Yeah, I live at the base of the canyons and, man, these guys, <laughs> they bike by in these outfits all day long. And it's like, yeah. why can't you just wear a normal outfit? Yeah, I don't know. Is it's it that like, important to wear all the crazy stuff? Does it help you You, you want to look the part. You gotta, if you want to yeah. go dirty, you got to look the part. Yeah. yeah, I mean, wearing a kit's nice. Like wearing a jersey and shorts and stuff that matches like you want to look good you know and if it makes you feel good then it is what it is like mm -hmm. anybody can wear whatever they want to wear you know mm -hmm. but That's like true. most of the time when i go on a trailer ride i just wear like a t-shirt and riding shorts mm -hmm. and knee pads and mm -hmm. i don't know you yeah. know I, I feel like an outcast it's like sorry i'm not kitted up like yeah. i don't need to be i'm not racing like, I, I got a rant a little bit. I noticed on the trails is that, like, I see so many. I, I like pedaling up. I'm a fitness nerd myself to a degree. But some of the fitness nerds out there are just, like, I almost joke that they, they, they're they so into pedaling up. They're pedaling up, like, the trail that is the fun way down. And you're, so like, for more exercise. And then I almost joke, like, they heli their bikes out. They don't even take, they just ride the up and then they just bail. They don't, <laughs> they even, don't even go down. Or you, they'll fly by you on the up and then they're going, like, one mile an hour on the downhill. You're like, come on, buddy. Yeah. That that's a way bigger issue than like the appearance side, like appearance side, whatever. Like wear what you want to wear. Yeah, we're just we're just busting balls. We're busting balls. Yeah, like whatever, just wear that. But the whole like Strava trail forks, like everybody that rides mountain bikes knows what I'm talking about. Maybe the snowboard crowd doesn't understand. No, they they will. I don't know what that meant, but it's like these apps that like I don't know. You have like King of the whatever, like. King of the trail. Uh, every every KOM, KOM, the apps, KOM, the whatever that basically means. monitor yeah. your. You can get the fastest time on any given trail. So Sick. it's like everybody's racing, and so like Bend especially is kind of like the epitome of that bullshit, and it pisses me off more than anything. <laughs> it's like just ride to ride. Like it's not always a race, and it's not, and it's like people get so competitive they'll be by themselves riding, and there's a stupid rule that probably a lot of people are gonna gonna give me flack for, like all the nerds out there, but like. <laughs> Like, the uphill people have the right of way, even on, like, a downhill trail, you know? So you're ripping down. It's way easier for somebody coming up to just pull off the side of the trail than it is for somebody ripping down, trying to have fun, trying to, like, get control and get off the trail and stop. And that's a big thing. And, like, a lot of the dudes going up, or, or not even dudes, like, whoever, women, too, they're, you know, some of them are just so serious, and you'll get yelled at, like, 
you know, like, I have the right of way, get off the trail. And I always just, like, smash. I'll, I'll, I'll just go off the trail and just not even touch my brakes and just rip through <laughs> bushes and shit, and I get yelled at. And I'm just like, woohoo, yeah, have fun climbing, just have fun, like, yeah. How come you don't so have seriously? the right of way? No, uphill, uphill traffic like always has the right of way. Thing. Always. And no matter what you're on. They say it. I don't really understand. I kind of understand some of it, but it's like, I don't know. It seems like common sense is like it's easier to, you know, stop your momentum going uphill and move than it is to like stop your momentum ripping down a trail and get off the trail. Like to, I feel to like me, it's dangerous. I think the issue would know. be it would be solved a lot easier if they made more one direction trails because mm. yeah, here, yeah. here in Utah there's no almost no one direction trails. They're yeah. all both directions. So the issue is is like usually there's a given loop like you ride it clockwise and it rides better. You know, there's generally a, a better a better mm-hmm. way to ride a loop and and I find a lot of the guys in spandex and stuff are, are riding the fun part up. And it's like, like, come on, the down's more fun. Like, the down is more fun. Yeah. Can we just agree on that? Yeah. You know? It's just like two separate sports colliding, you know? Yeah, like, some true. people like the grind, and some people like the fun. Yeah. And yeah, some people only want the exercise. Yeah. And in my opinion, like, I just want to have fun. And when people get in your way and then you get yelled at because they're in your way, then it's like, just seems so redundant to me, but like that's a question for the Forest Service and all these trail alliances mm-hmm. that have all the rules and you know, like in Bend there's a lot of like downhill only trails, but all the time you see people just like pedaling up the downhill trail. And then I yell at him, I'll like elbows out, rubbing his race and I'll just hit him, you know, and like be like, Get the fuck off the trail. <laughs> like this is a downhill trail. Like there's not a lot of downhill trails in Bend. Like I wanna rip berms and hit little jumps and rip it's down dangerous this, like too. get out of here yeah you're not expecting someone around the corner that's coming up yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah if it's a blind corner that's that could be brutal yeah no, another question i have we've had james jackson on the show red bull mindset coach i believe his professional title mm-hmm. and i've watched the rampage stuff and he's always with you at the top of the course yeah. now i'm super interested as to what james is telling you and what are you guys working on when you're about to drop in for rampage yeah, I've I've known James like my whole life and uh yeah, he's mainly like in the snowboard world, you know. He coaches like Scotty James, coached Ben Ferguson when he was focused on pipe and you know, works with a number of different snowboard athletes like Matty Mastro and a bunch of people. Uh and obviously like with that, like his background is snowboarding, like he's a legend, he rips, you know. And with me it's like he can't do what I can do on a bike, but he rips bikes but he just knows so much about, yeah, like the mindset and the psychology of competing. And it's also similar, like what I do, like the feelings you get are the same and, you know, the tendencies to make wrong moves are kind of the same, like as well, like the way, like the way you practice, the way you prepare and what's in your head before you drop in. So it's mainly like, I call him kind of like a reassurance coach and it helps me a lot. And, um, it allows me, like, I've just learned so much from it. It'll all be like riding with buddies at home that are killing it and like, they're tripping out I can kind of be their coach too and it's it's like I don't know it's a lot of uh like a lot of breathing you know like focus on the breathing keep the adrenaline down keep the mindset positive keep negative thoughts out and just like uh just kind of reassuring myself that you know I'm here to have fun and uh you know a huge thing that helps me is like reciting my line like what I'm exactly going to do like he works with Beerman as well and Tyler Beerman know, pro moto yeah Beerman's the man it was the been a guest, been on the show as well. Craziest nine bomb home. Listen to it if you haven't. Craziest fucking whips, you know, on a moto, probably ever. Um, but uh, 
yeah, it's all so similar. It's the mindset, just getting in a positive place and getting to a point where, I don't know, like reciting what you're doing is the biggest thing for me. Mm -hmm. Like envisioning in your head, like closing my eyes and going through every little detail of my whole line at Rampage, like down to like where I'm going to break, where I'm going to pump, what I'm going to do in between to like try and keep flow going. And uh, it just makes you drop in and you just know exactly what you're going to do. So he, we sit on top of that course and I'll recite it like three times to him. And then I'll be about to drop in and I'll have my eyes closed and I'll be envisioning like exactly what I'm going to do and how I'm going to pop for this drop, like this three drop, and I'm going to do this trick. And, uh, yeah, so it's just pretty much just reciting what you're going to do and just envisioning it, you know, just, yeah. Another thing I think super interesting with that stuff uh, is that helps. I think a lot of us naturally, whether you're doing any type of action sport, you might be at the top of something and you're like, scared or you're questioning your abilities or I think it's a natural thing for any human. And I feel like what really helps is remembering like that, you know, I think James might've said it on his episode or I've, I've heard it somewhere, but basically remembering that, you know what you're doing, like mm-hmm. you've done the work, you know what you're doing yeah. and just kind of remembering, like, I know how to do this. And and that always is like, before you try a trick, you just got to remember, okay, I know how to do this. Just like chill out. Don't, don't overthink it. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, for sure. And that's like, I remember every rampage I've dropped into recently where James has been there, go through all the stuff. He'll kind of reassure me and all these things. I'll recite my line a few times. And then at the end of it, he'll shake my hand, give me a hug. And he'll just be like, go have fun and go show him what you've been working for your whole life, you know? And then it kind of brings me down to like why I'm doing it in the first place. Like I'm there to have fun. I'm there to show like what my vision of mountain biking is. And I want to just like kind of show off like what I want to do and, that all comes down to having fun. So it's kind of like a great reminder just to drop in and kind of humble yourself and just drop in and take everything as it comes and just, just go shred, you know, just go have fun. Like even on a scale, like that event, you know, you can still drop in and just have fun. Like, yeah, the whole point is just not being stiff and just being like right in the moment and just drop in and just focus on every little detail of what you're doing and just put on like the run of your life, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what James is kind of there to reassure me of. And probably same with, you know, all the pipe and slope athletes and snow and beer men and everybody else he's worked with, you know, it's just show them what you're made of and just have fun, you know, and that's, that's what he's there for. And he's a smart dude. Like, yeah. And I want to thank him for everything. He's, he's helped me so much. James is the man. Uh, Bud, do you want to hit another Patreon? I like that other one you had. Yeah, let's go with another Patreon. This is from uh, Jeremy Hudson. How do you and fellow hardcore riders feel about the newer trend of casuals on electric bikes? Is it good for the overall sport? For sure. Yeah, I'm a big fan of e-bikes. You know, I have a lot of friends that have gotten injuries where, you know, if it wasn't for e-bikes, they wouldn't be able to ride anymore. Like Paul Bass, Paul Bassagodia, he's he's an absolute legend of our sport. He was the man in, like, 2005 until, you know, He's like the man, and then at Rampage 2015, he had an unfortunate accident, broke his back, was paralyzed, uh, came back from it, like worked his ass off and, you know, came back to it and then got to the point where he could walk again and, uh, you know, not like perfectly walk, but he worked so hard and got back and then he just got on an e-bike and he never thought he was going to ride a bike again, you know, like his goal is just to walk, but then he's able to ride and then once he got on the bike, he, you know, got on an e-bike and he's killing it like he's shredding and he's getting little tricks back and style and riding all sorts of shit he has his career back and it's like 
you know, for somebody like that, it's so huge, you know, and there's so many people that they didn't have a bike, like even like overweight people like around the world, like a lot of people you see are like a little overweight and they're on an e-bike and without that, like they don't have any motivation to like, get up they don't think climbs. they can, yep. you know, somebody that's like really actually little obese. It's like, it kind of opens the doors to like, I can exercise, but I can actually like do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, then it comes down to like the filmers, photographers who are carrying like a 50 pound bag and it just makes it so much more accessible. But I think mainly it's for people that are, you know, maybe they're disabled or maybe they, you know, wouldn't get on a bike unless they had that little assistance, you know? So I think it's huge. I think it's huge for getting more people into our sport and more people enjoying mm-hmm. just riding a bike, you know, and not feel like it's such a daunting task. And, you know, so I'm a big supporter and like BLM is allowing e-bikes on BLM land, you know? Uh, and Forest Service is still kind of in the dark with it, and they, you know, it's still, like, you're not allowed to do it. It's illegal, you know, because of, like, fire danger is considered a motorized vehicle, whatever, which is all kind of BS, you know? Yep. But I feel like that will change eventually, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's good. I think it's good for the sport, and, you know, those spandex nerds out there, like, a lot of times they complain about how the e-bike's going to rip up the trail. It's like, it's not a fucking moto, no. dude. You can't burn out on that It thing. makes the corners better, if anything. Yeah, it's not going to do anything. They can pull yeah. you uphill? Dude. Oh, yeah. You, you can, you can some get of them, pulled you know, you uphill. Pedal. You literally just hit a throttle on some of them. But, yeah, you, yeah. it's it's crazy. You yeah. do one pedal stroke, and it's like doing 10 or 15 yeah. on it. It's it's like yeah, you feel like, like Superman. Juices you. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like awesome. electric assist. So you mm-hmm. pedal, and you have different modes. You can go in, like, oh, boost still mode pedal. where it's hot, or you can, like, kind of like there's a range for how much assistance you get you pedal like i think the twist throttle ones i don't think those are going to be legal on yeah, like that's too much like a moto you that is a moto like those things yeah. rip yeah. you know mm-hmm. like the Sirons. Mm-hmm. it's a brand and it's pretty much a downhill bike kind of looks like a moto it has pegs and it's a twist throttle those things are so quick like that won't like i'm talking like straight up e-bike pedal assist, pedal assist. you know how much do these pedal assist uh, units cost to get into the game mm-hmm. pretty spendy yeah if any uh, sponsors want to throw some at the bomb hole, we'll test them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll test them. It's yeah. just so cool to like get more people into it. That if those didn't exist, they wouldn't have any interest, you know. So that's my thing. And to all the nerds out there that like, complain about oh, gonna rip up the trails, like that's what fucking trails for? Like shitty roads, shit gets rebuilt. Well, also, Chill out. this is the issue. It's not the trails. The issue with the the spandex guys that don't like e bikes, <laughs> it's their ego yeah. because they're working so hard to go up. And there's, they pride themselves on their ability to climb. And yeah. when somebody passes them on they an e-bike. They see me on next to them like, ah. Yeah, dude, they're literally, like, it's like the only issue I think it is, is a human's ego. Yeah. Because yeah. they're just like, what? Well, he's climbing better than me. He passed me on an e-bike. It's like, dude, yeah, who cares? Yeah, like, who you're, cares? For, for each their own. Like yeah. you ride a bike. I feel like everybody riding a bike is cool to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And just like every dude on a snowboard or skis, it's cool, you know? Just mm-hmm. get out there and do, and do something, you know? And, uh, yeah, the ego thing, uh, that, uh, that's probably definitely true, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, for each their own, take it with a grain of salt. Just, you know, let people enjoy riding a bike. Like, mm-hmm. don't be such a trail Nazi about all this whatever. Just No, it's a great topic. It's it's definitely hits yeah. home for, for myself and, and I think anybody that rides yeah. a, a mountain bike. Now, I think it's time for a segment of the show we like to call, you know what, buds? Name that video part. Now, Name That Video Part is unofficially sponsored by Cobra Dogs. Uh, Cobra Dogs is back in action. Spencer Schubert, Derek Lieber, 
and Wiz, Alex Sherman. Uh, they started back up Cobra Dogs. I think it's up at uh, High Cascade right now, and, and they're cranking out dogs, and it's one of the most iconic uh, establishments to anybody that's ever been to Mount Hood. And so, you know, they're back in action. If you're up at Mount Hood, check those guys out. You can support them. Um, Cobra Dogs is a great thing for snowboarding, so it's awesome that Spencer fired that back up. I like to call it Cobra Glizzies. Oh, Glizzy, yeah. <laughs> we learned that a hot dog is called a Glizzy Sick. from our intern, who's 16. Now, um, <laughs> so we do name that video part normally snowboard video parts, but for this one, we are going to do a mountain bike video part. So uh, did some research, and I've heard this. This is an iconic part, and I hope you get it. What's your confidence level, zero through ten? Maybe like a six or nine, somewhere in there. You know, That's I strong. like that. That's I like coming that. strong. I can back that. <laughs> I, I really love, like that. Love too. the confidence. Okay, here we go. Oh, it's Darren Bearclaw. Easy. Woo! <laughs> six or nine, a.k.a. 69. Let's go. Oh, yeah, that's claw. We'll put that at a nine. So yeah. you just earned yourself a uh, bomb hole prize pack. Oh, Inside what? there, you got uh, basically a bomb hole mug, a well, yeah, bomb hole T-shirt. You got uh, some stickers. You got to hit that button on the top. There. Oh, and, and then... Uh, Basically, you got some bomb hole hats in there and all of the stuff available at bombhole.com. Here's a water bottle as well. Sick. Thank um, you. But basically, yeah, <laughs> uh, if you want to support the show and get some of this merch, we do not sell coolers. You have to be a guest to get a cooler. But we do sell coffee mugs and things of that nature. Um, helps us do this show. So head on over to bombhole.com and, and uh, put that right yeah. next to your Rampage trophy. Get one of these. Yeah, that's sick. That's uh, basically that. That cooler is actually more sought after than a rampage trophy. We were told by all. Oh yeah, guys. sorry. Yeah, they can't buy. Those. Yeah, they can't. Yeah. They can't buy Shit. the cooler. Right, You're the first and <laughs> only <laughs> professional mountain biker to have one of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, keep dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep dreaming. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, beautiful. Uh, awesome. For part two of the of uh, first of all that 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 bear cloth part is. Legendary from what I hear, right? That's like, oh, yeah, that's the one it's from an, the movies I watched growing up. The mountain bike movies, it was called Neural Disorder, so it was Neural Disorder one through 10. So it happened for 10 years, and it was like the shit, like super similar to the old snowboard movies where every year everybody had a part, you know. So all the guys that were the guys had a part in, in Neural Disorder, you know, and it was just something like. You know, I still watch them today. Like, I'm trying to get me a set of all 10 of them so I can just keep watching them for the rest of my life because it's just epic and it just shows the progression of the sport because our sport's fairly new and it, like, prog- like it progressed, like, leaps and bounds through the years, you know, and it's, like, it's just such a historical piece of our sport. And, uh, yeah, Claw was a huge part of it. He's the man. He's definitely a huge legend of the sport. And that song's funny because I've gotten to film a, a few movies with Claw the past few years, and he, he's one of my good buddies, and that's the Claw song, Symphony of Destruction. So, yeah, on Instagram, I don't know, maybe some people who follow me have seen it, but it turned into a thing for a while where every time I saw Claw, even if he he usually didn't know I was around, but I would play that song as loud as I could, <laughs> and I would zoom into him <laughs> and get his reaction every time. That's Claw. That's his song. Yeah. <laughs> so you definitely that was knew the that easiest. Song. That was the uh, yeah. I was thinking it was going to be like a Seminuk part or a you know zinc part or something like that. But that Claw thing that was like 
Yeah. That was a tee up. That's uh, nice. That was dialed tee up. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, uh, for part two, this is for our listeners. We went with the snowboard part for this one. Uh, for all the snowboard nerds, I can put myself in that category. If you know the answer to what song and what video this is from, comment on Carson's photo on Instagram when this episode comes out for a chance to win your own Bombhole prize pack. Here we go. Okay. Thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. All right, we're going to get into a guest question from none other than Ben Ferguson. Uh, here we go. What up, Bombhole? Ben Ferg here. Chris Stone. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on as a guest questioner. Um, I know you got Carlson Snorch in the booth. <laughs> Our good buddy, Ben, Oregon local, mountain bike badass. And I'm kind of wondering what the next sports car purchase will be. Okay. You know, what's he thinking? How long is he going to hold on to it before he moves on to the next one? I also want to know how much my rent will be the next coming months. Um, <laughs> it'd be nice to dial in. When can I move in? And also, if he remembers how much he owes me for those bindings oh like 10 God. years ago. And... Don't say that my uh, dad told you you didn't have to pay me because that's just not true. All right. Thanks, boys. Can't wait to listen. Peace. Holding that, on to a 10-year grudge there. Dude. That's a three-parter. We don't yeah. get those very often. Um, Did he call you Snorch, first of all? Yeah, he calls me Carlson Snorch. I always forget about it <laughs> until he calls me it. Uh, I like yeah. it. It's good. Solid I nickname. Guess. Yeah. Good nickname. So what do we got? First question was uh, about a sports car. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, I like I like cars and trucks and you know off road vehicles. Maybe a you know uh, weak spot of mine. And uh, yeah, all my friends think I like make really stupid purchases, and from the outside it may may look like that. But I grew up. My dad always flipped cars and shit and trucks and boats, and he's just always flipping and whatever. And it just kind of like ingrained into me so i've always kind of done it so i've had like probably 17 different vehicles since i was 16 which is kind of ridiculous but uh i recently bought a stupid car i don't post on social media it wasn't like a clout thing it wasn't for my image it's just literally because i'm just a fan of fast cars and had the opportunity to buy one and uh i got an m4 i don't know it's bmw it's fast and never posted one thing about it because i really don't want people to think i'm doing it for you know my image and because I don't really care. I'm just, I just like horsepower and like burning fuel. Can't, hey, can't get, can't get yeah. mad at you for that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm actually, I'm selling it right now. So if anybody out there wants a really fast tuned M4, that's ridiculous and scary, uh, but really fun. I'm selling it cause I've decided I need to chill out and you know, all my friends are like, Oh yeah, right. You're going to sell it in you know, six months. You're going to buy something else, which I might, but you know, at this point in time I want to sell it. So yeah, there's that. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. That's a pretty good Craigslist ad there. Yeah, uh, live read. Yeah, live yeah, read. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Slide my DMs. Uh, if you want to buy, you, are you accepting BMW. trades? Are you accepting <laughs> trades? That's what. That's a big yeah, one. Yeah, I got People. a fish tank and a bed frame. <laughs> I might come by and try to trade for this car if, if you're down. If there's any. Uh, <laughs> construction people out there that are you know on you know listening to the bomb hole uh i'll trade you probably plus cash to build me a shop at my house wow now we're wheeling Ooh, that's, that's literally wheeling why i want to suck so i'm like i have this money tied up in this car kind of feel stupid it's fun it's super impractical for what i do it's just literally fun 
And I was just like, I want a shop, and I can't justify spending money on a shop when I have this money tied up in a car. So that's why I'm selling it. So, yeah, I'll he trade. is accepting trades. Like I will <laughs> help too. I'll dig the foundation. I'll pour the. I'll do as much as I can. I just suck at woodwork, so just help me out or metal prefab metal shop. I'm down. Yeah, those are nice. Those are affordable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then so we also got a couple other questions on Ferg. I don't want to tear off. Uh, oh yeah. Or, uh, lose that tangent here. So he asked you about his bindings when he was a kid, uh, and then oh, his yeah. rent. Yeah. Mm, okay. Rent. All right, we'll go bindings first. That's a sore subject. I was like 14. Um, I asked him if I could buy some bindings off him. And uh, it was at my cousin's. My my aunt and uncle used to have these, like, parties, barbecues, whatever, where all the groms go, all their parents, you know, kind of tied into Mount Bachelor's, like, MBSEF team program, whatever. And the Fergusons were there. Cole Ortega, I don't know if he's a – I don't know he's a buddy we grew up with. He was really sick. Uh at Borden, but uh, all the families are there, and I ended up asking Ben's dad, Brandon, about the bindings, and he was like, dude, just take them. They're yours. And Ben still doesn't believe me. It's been forever, but he, Ben originally wanted 40 bucks for them, but Brandon told me, I remember it, it's ingrained in my brain, he was like, dude, it's all good, and I even, a couple years ago, asked him about it, because me and Ben are always arguing about this. Uh, Brandon's like, yeah, they were yours. I told you to take them for free. Uh, so, Ben, you got to talk to your dad about that one because situation. he's yeah, telling me one thing, you're telling me another thing. We need to get some uh, lawyers involved. Yeah, yeah. This is lawyers. A, this could be <laughs> lawyer <laughs> fees. This could be a disaster. <laughs> if he really wants, I'll give him free tires. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. See, what I think he might be trying to work an angle. So he's trying to live at your house, compound interest yeah. for $40 over mm. however many years. He might be thinking he's living there for free. Compound yeah. interest. Yeah, he's trying to get me on something. He's I know, to, he's I know to how his brain works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see that. And he yeah. rents from you, or he's trying to rent from no. you? He doesn't he's, have his own crib? He's trying to build a house right now, and it's mm. taken, like, 15 years or something. Good just, time for the price of lumber. Land. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's trying to move in until his house is done, which I don't know how long that'll be. But I'm down because I just, you know, get to hang out with Fergie more because usually we're, like, best friends, and he, we kind of travel on opposite schedules all the time, you know? Like, winter, I'm home. He's gone summer, vice versa, and then kind of, I mean, we're never not busy. I fly, like, my season kind of never ends, same with Fergie, so it's like we're kind of always missing each other, so I'm super down to have him move in, and his girlfriend, Kellyanne, is going to move in with him, so, you know, I've double-checked with the roommates that are already in there, my cousin and my buddy Matt, and they're down, so we'll be, it won't even really be packed that tight. It'll be pretty chill, and yeah, Ben just has a lot of shit, so I'm kind of worried about all his shit at, all over the place, his mm-hmm. sleds and that's why I want to shop. I need to shop. So he could be M4 building this house for another for 15 shop. years, too. So well, let's talk about this backyard compound you have, because yeah. I was watching some videos on it. you got a mini excavator, or maybe it's like a medium-sized excavator, not even a mini, really. And uh, and you got a gigantic three-shipping container tall drop-in into a giant kind of step-up, step-over jump. Yeah. And it just looks like an incredible little piece of land you got going with this compound. Yeah. Yeah, so I had a house in Bend and in a zone called the DRW for a while. It's kind of like little backwoods kind of used to be sketchy, but now it's not. So I had an acre and built like, I used every piece of dirt on my one acre to build everything I had. Cause there's just so much rock there that like literally used all the dirt. I had to get dirt, like kind of trucked in every once in a while to build stuff. And uh, yeah, then I had the opportunity. I found some land a little South of Bend and bought it. And it was like 18 acres and, the dirt's not good because it's bend dirt, but there's no rocks out there, so I can dig as deep as I want. So there, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of potential to build a lot of 
a lot more stuff, you know. So ended up buying the land. I built a house through last year, which was a perfect time to do it with COVID going on. And, yeah, so I didn't have much going on. Uh, now I was at home a lot. So did that. Now yeah, I ended up buying three storage containers because when I sold my old house, I put all my stuff in the storage containers, which is pretty funny because I was like, getting stuff in the top two and it's really dangerous and sketchy, but <laughs> stored it in there for like a year until my house is done. And then, yeah, and disassembled my old roll in, which is also dangerous. Just everything about it was shysty. Like it was sketchy. You had to rent this big, like reach out machine, which is like a front loader with a boom that goes like that and disassemble stuff, reattach it to the storage container setup. We welded them together. Just everything about it was super sketchy, but now it's in there and it's solid. And I pretty much have a bag landing, uh, like an airbag, just an airbag. Yeah. yeah, it's like a bag landing. It's in snowboarding too, and uh, yeah, I got one of those. Really good setup for practicing, and now I'm at the point where yeah, I just haven't had too much time to build real stuff. But yeah, now that I, I'm kind of injured right now, and I have time, so the next few weeks, I'm I think I'm going to start building at least like one big line that I can ride with like a flat drop to a big jump to maybe like a double sided snowboard hill, hip. Is there a hillside on your property? Nope, so it's, it's all flat. So, so you got to build a giant drop in to hit anything, pretty much. Yeah, but I'm off. I'm going to base everything off the storage containers, which mm-hmm. is like 30 feet tall. And then since I can move, I, I can dig as deep as I want. I can kind of create elevation. So it just pretty much means I just have to move a ton of dirt. But uh, it'll work and it'll be sweet. And there's a lot of space. So in the future, like want to build a pit bike track and moto track, maybe a freestyle kicker for the moto and. Side-by-side track for the Can-Am and, you know, make a little compound for sure. Sounds like a little piece of heaven. Now, for people that uh, don't know, I find it super impressive that you can also flip a little dirt bike, those 110s, you have a CRF 110, and you can flip backflip or dirt bikes as well, which is incredible. Right? Yeah. How's, uh, how's that compared to flipping a bicycle? Yeah, well, I can't flip a real moto. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that. Eventually, I want to. But, uh, yeah, the pit bikes are kind of scary to flip, but it's really not that hard. It's just kind of scary because those things are pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. So it's like definitely a weird feeling. You get a lot of gyro feeling. You feel like you're getting stuck upside down and then you're, then it comes around and it's fine. But yeah, my cousin Drew, cousin Drew Browner, I have to shout out him. He's, give him let's give him a layer. Yeah. Insane on the pit bikes. And, you know, maybe probably a good part of the crowd, the snowboard crowd I was watching this might know Drew's name. I, I've met him at the launch. Yeah. He's sick. Yeah. Yeah, he's I've sick. I've shot some photos of, of Drew. Still shredding hard, you know. Knows the Burton guys. Rode for Burton for a while, and uh, he kills it. He's steezy and has tricks and good all around, dude. But he's like, yeah, he's my cousin. He's more naturally talented than any of us were growing up. Like, even Gabe and Ben Ferguson will say the same. He's the most talented one out of any of us. He's insane. But he just can't pick something to focus on. He's so good at everything, he, like, can't. Now he just has fun. He just works excavation, moves dirt, and he just rips whatever, snowboards, pit bikes, mountain bikes. Yeah, he just rips. So shout out to Dewey. Can he flip a 110? Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> Way he, better than he, me. Did he start the train? Who started the 110 flip train? I think Drew did, yeah. But then a few of us have done it since then. And, uh, yeah, Drew went to Axel Hodge's property, rode pit bikes, killed it. Should have been invited to the X Games pit bike competition because Drew probably – could he could easily win it he's insane like he flat spun a pit bike like a 360 yeah like a flat spin 360 oh my god and he yeah which is like yeah i've been i was i was asking beerman about that because like those guys are doing whips that are at 180 like 
Just keep it going. Just keep it going. But it seems like you'd come around all crazy, probably. There was at the X Games, the just the FMX competition, the Spaniard dude was, uh, I forgot his name, but doing legit flat spins. Really? Almost like a dump three. Yeah. On a bike. It, it literally look, looked it like, look like a, a backflip. It, it looked like yeah. a whip. It wasn't like Sheeny does really good flat spins, but mm-hmm. they're more flippy. And this yeah. guy was doing like spins. Yeah. Insane Wild. looking. Yeah. It'd probably That's be sick. the scariest thing you could ever do. Oh my god! Yeah. The way you come into the landing on that. I think yeah. he's a Spaniard guy. Don't quote me on that. I, was, I just watched. <laughs> it, Another thing yeah. I want to talk about too. I think super interesting is you ended up you started a excavation company right yeah. for a little while because you had to pay for your equipment. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Uh yeah, yeah. I started it with my bud, my good buddy Kyle Jameson. Uh, got to the point where you know I wasn't doing the work every day. I was just kind of helping with back work, and we just decided to go our separate ways and. It, totally okay way just friendly and so he kind of took the excavation company and he's doing his thing killing it just i have a full-time job and that kind of turned into his full-time job and then you know when that happened i decided to just kind of buy my own equipment so i bought a mini excavator and i can justify it just having all my land and then also these projects that i do i like building my own stuff and uh usually ended up just you know, get like sometimes getting a budget to do like a build for a video and spending so much money on renting equipment, you know, that it ends up being cheaper just owning your own piece. So it's kind of like I have a passion for moving dirt. I really enjoy it and I really like being in control of what I build. And it's kind of like another thing that, you know, I'm not the best at it, but I'm progressing all the time. And it's like a fun thing for me. So it's just something for me to learn. Like every time I do, I do a project, do a build, I learn a lot. So yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, childhood dream to own my own equipment. So kind of dropped in. It's, yeah. They're not that cheap, but yeah. uh, it's kind of like an extra mortgage payment. But I can justify it through projects and kind of making the, it work. Running an excavator when you don't do it all the time, especially, is so damn fun. Oh, it's yeah. like just digging holes. You're like a kid in a sandbox and just yeah. moving dirt around. Yeah, and I got yeah. a deal with this company called Steel Wrist. Shout out to them. And it's a 360 bucket. Mm-hmm. And it's like a game changer for building jumps. It's really difficult. I'm still learning it, still trying to get dialed in, but it makes it so you can sit in one spot and like building berms or shaping lips. Oh, yeah. You got can it. pack and it's crazy like the doors that opens up with articulation those of the bucket. It's basically. like an extension for your hand. You can just yeah. move a lot of dirt and you can pack and just mm-hmm. make stuff dialed. So it's been pretty fun to play with that thing too. And it's kind of permanent on my machine now, but it's it's pretty epic. Okay, let's dive into hot takes. Uh, we asked all the snowboarders, all our guests, kind of the same set of questions. We're, we'll, we'll switch it up since you're a mountain biker. So we always like to ask the MJ or goat of snowboarding and the MJ or goat of mountain biking. Who you got? For biking? Brandon Seminuk is definitely the greatest of all time. Yeah. That's undisputed, huh? He's kinda... Oh, yeah. He's, he's done everything, won everything, put out the best video parts and He's good on all the bikes, like slow style bikes, downhill bikes. He's he's just the man. He's kind of untouchable still. Just crazy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then who's your who's the goat for snowboarding for you, dude? My biggest, I was the biggest fan of Arrowatala growing up. Oh no way, yeah, that's kind of OG. So sick, yeah. Arrowatala, yeah. Um, and then one other thing we we asked, uh, we'd like to ask a lot is worst trend. And that can be in any, you can talk about mountain biking, you can talk about snowboarding, life, life, whatever, matter. whatever trend. Uh, 
Something that's been bugging me is the new style with girls wearing like big ass white shoes. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, I, I, let's go down this wormhole. God, they drive. This it's is a like, fun one. Yeah, I don't understand it. The big know. feelers. Yeah. Those, oh, the big feelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I don't understand the clunkers. Um, yeah. They're just clunky yeah. as hell. Um, yeah. They're the throwbacks. They're like old school style feelers, big yeah. and white. Mm-hmm. I'm just not personally. I'm not a fan. They throw the them she- on with some mom jeans. The sheer amount of rubber involved in those is almost <laughs> like it's. It can't be good for the environment. Also, <laughs> it's like more than a moto tire or something. It's like it's got to be like just destroying the environment. Like it, just think about it from an environmental destroying standpoint. The it's environment. Just, it's just not good. You know, you could be recycling like tires and put them into the rubber. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it could be helping the environment. I don't know. Yeah, not so either sure. Either way, I, I, I don't like that either. It reminds me of like a horseshoe on a horse, you know? <laughs> it comes way down. Yeah, it drives me crazy. I don't understand it. Yeah. That's a great, t- that's one of my yeah. favorite worst trends I've ever heard because I'm right behind you on this. Yeah, like, I can talk about like, biking or snowboarding or whatever. But that was the first thing that popped to mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always talk about It's like, why? why? Yeah, I, I can't wrap my head around the feelers at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about your bike setup. What are you rocking? Mm-hmm. Who do you ride for? What's the bike all about? Yeah, so I ride for Rocky Mountain Bikes. Uh, it's built with uh, Michelin tires, which are epic, and I just started riding for them. And uh, SR Sun Tour Suspension, really cool company, sports free ride, Tidal, Tidal Mountain Bike, which is components like bars, seats, stems, I ride their wheels. And my good buddy Brett Reeder, who's a legend of our sport, he decided to start this company. And uh, so it's really cool to ride for them and support Brett's company. And uh, Shimano makes really good parts, drivetrain, brakes, and uh, I think that's my bike build and ride for Dekine, Red Bull, um, Giro for helmets and shoes, and uh, Space Brace, which is like an ankle brace, ankle brace company, they make wrist braces, and Mikey Gray, who's a pro BMXer, he's super fucking sick, like street, kind of all around dude, uh, it's his company, I ride for Mount Bachelor, so... Yeah. And 10 barrel. Oh, yeah. And 10 barrel, of course. Yeah. We knew you were going to do a good one for them, so we just give them a big old air horn. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so really happy. Riding for a lot of the companies for a long time. I like longevity. I don't really like hopping around. So good relationships with all the TMs and the companies. And, yeah, thanks for the sport and allowing me to live my dream. And Michelin's like the old Ghostbusters Michelin man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they make They're, tires they for make everything. Moto, bike, every yeah. kind of bike tire That's you could find. Yeah, they yeah. own BFG as well. Mm-hmm. So BFG makes like it's probably the best truck tire, KO2. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. It's tight. Yeah. And then uh, one really cool thing when I was doing my research I found was that Black Sage event looks amazing. You guys get a bunch of moto guys. Talk, talk about that real quick because that thing's really sick. Yeah, we, uh, my buddy Kyle Jamison and I, we uh, started doing Black Sage as part of the Fest series. We did it for three years in Oregon uh, at the Oregon Dirt Park. It's called it's a big moto track facility, um, kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's pretty rad. And uh, did that for three years. We're currently on kind of a two-year gap year because of COVID and uh, hoping to do it again in the future and, you know, maybe in a different location. But uh, we're... Yeah, it's it was just super good times. The whole point of it was kind of the opposite of competition. It's more just like jam. The whole point is filming, shredding, having big sessions, and you know getting moto involved because beermen, all of us, we all kind of agree like free ride is free ride, and like free ride on a moto is free ride on a bike's kind of like the same thing, just different tools. So it's cool to get like beermen and Matto and you know 
everybody, all the moto dudes that came and doing trains with them, it's kind of crazy. They're hitting their own jumps that are way bigger, and we're kind of in the air at the same time. So it's good times for sure, and just getting the local Bend community, like, in person, seeing our side of the sport for the first time because nothing like that has happened in our, our zone. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like it kind of opened the eyes of a lot of kids and seeing that it's, like, realistic thing they can pursue and so hopefully it was a good thing for the community and bend and all the kids coming up and realizing you know if they want a free ride it's obtainable and you know you can build big jumps and bend if you want you put in the work so mm-hmm. yeah yeah another it's just an interesting topic going back you can't really that you know people are used to riding showing up riding snowboard parks or bike parks and the free ride scene, you got to show up and have a shovel and then do some work. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's cool. Same with moto, mm-hmm. our sport, backcountry snowboarding, skiing, same thing. You know, you got to mm-hmm. go put in the work, find the zone. And yeah. Cool. Well, um, I know you got an awesome project, Quarter Point, coming out. You've been working on that for three years. Mm-hmm. So make sure our audience keeps their eyes peeled for that. It should be incredible, correct? Yeah. Yeah. My buddy Clay Porter, he's directing it. And kind of the whole point of the movie is Clay and I, he was one of the filmers on North and Nightfall, this movie I got to be a part of in the North Pole that we were talking about earlier on. And, uh, yeah, being up there so far away the whole time, me and Clay, like he was just about to move to Ben's. We're just talking like, dude, fuck, like we should just film a movie where we, we can sleep in our own beds and we don't have to be like at the North Pole in a gnarly place, which was, I mean, an epic experience, but that was the whole point of the movie. We're like, dude, we should film a movie in Bend, like around the state where we can sleep in our bed and make a movie. So ended up, yeah, now it's a super long-term project and filmed for like about three years. And, uh, yeah. And it's all Oregon based, all the riding. We didn't travel anywhere else for any of the filming. So, uh, lots of builds happened and we got a bit more to do this year. And, uh, yeah, it should be sweet, but we're hoping to release it early December. Um, not really sure where it'll be on iTunes and Amazon, all that stuff, uh, potentially on a streaming deal eventually, but yeah, maybe do a few premieres for it in December. So yeah, it's kind of coming out in the, you know, beginning of the snowboard season, but we just want to get it out there because we've been sitting on so much stuff for so long that yeah, kind of put our heart and soul into it. And it's definitely a passion project for both of us. And yeah, Got a Beautiful. couple more seggies to film, and we're going to get her out there. Love that. We're excited to see that. Hopefully yeah. we get to make it to a premiere. Hopefully we get to come watch you at Rampage this year as well. Yeah, That'll be super sick, fun. Sick. Yeah. Now, uh, lastly, before we wrap this thing up and put a bow on it, we like to ask you if you want to thank anybody before we wrap this thing up. A lot of people to thank, but I'll try my best. Uh, thanks, James Jackson, for all the support over the years. Thanks all my friends. Thanks, Fergie. He's, an, he's like one of my best friends, but... It's also an inspiration to me, see what he's doing in his career. He's killing it, all about style, all about, you know, it's just been super inspirational to me to try and, like, go down my path in the same route in a different sport because uh, I kind of envision things the same as him in, uh, in that regard. Yeah, thanks to Eric Smith, Ben Cyclery, local dude. Wouldn't be here without him, you know, my parents. Yeah go on give a whole super cross thing but <laughs> i don't know there's a lot of people i could think but thanks all my friends everybody supports me and thank you guys for having me on it's been a cool experience well beautiful thanks yeah. for being our first mountain biker yes. it's been an absolute yeah. pleasure and thank you guys for listening and watching we will see you next week over and out from the bomb wall